Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week's episode of the Bass Guitar Nerds podcast is sponsored by Ashdown Engineering, a British bass amplification powerhouse whose gear is seen on the biggest stages in the world backing up the biggest bands in the world. But now Ashdown have expanded their expertise into bass guitars. Having teamed up with Master Luthier Dan Lackin previously of Lackland Basses, Ashdown are now offering five different models of US-designed basses, from classically inspired shapes to completely new designs fusing vintage sensibilities with all the modern applications a basis needs. Available in an ever-expanding range of finishes and all for under a thousand pounds! These instruments are extremely exciting. Check them out at ashdownmusic.com or follow links in the description of this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bass Guitar Nerds podcast, a podcast by Guitar Nerds. I am your host, Joe Brandon, joined this week by JD Short... Hello. And Naomi McLeod. Hello. Hello. Yes, wonderful. Wonderful to have you both back. Now, um, for this, this the sixth episode, uh, we we started on the on the fifth episode by talking through all our our favourite um, our favourite bass guitars. We talked we talked about like what our favourite most affordable bass guitar was, our favourite short scale bass, and we managed to squeeze in our favourite fretless bass. But we did precursor uh, last week by saying we'd also talk about our favourite five-string and our favourite bass. All of these have to be kind of current models, so we're going to kind of carry on talking about that. But but first of all, um, how is everyone? JD, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Yes, yes, I'm good. You've got a new uh, a new microphone that, or a new preamp for your microphone this week. Yeah, I got a uh, one of the Triton Audio. Uh, fed head a geranium um sort of a inline preamp just to uh sort of boost the gain because i use a one of the electro voice re20s uh which has been good but it's i felt like i don't have a lot of range on my on my desk for the pod to be able to you know adjust gain on the fly so i was like let's just give it a boost um see how it goes and uh just thought it would be a, a nice little change of pace to see, um, you know, some new old stock, uh, you know, 
stuff there so yeah are you are you planning to use that for bass as well yeah so i, I also thought like it would give it a different flavors this is my main um when i mic a cabinet this is usually the the microphone i've been using for for years now and and uh, i really like it but i thought having this would give it a different um bit of a different feel if i wanted to just kind of slightly give it a different flavor and it was yeah. a pretty cheap way to um get it get some good fet um in line there and then um, i also have a couple uh ribbon mics that i use that i thought um this would also work out well for so yeah we're just trying it out see how it goes is it, do you do you often because um, I, I can't remember i think we've spoken about sort of how we how we record our bases a bit or maybe we've touched it's definitely something we should go into way more depth on on another record but do you often mm. mic up in that case as well or or do you do you just rely on going direct yeah i would say like um recently it's been primarily direct um so i just use i have a sonic nuance tdi um uh, di that i use and basically uh, that's rad because it has a built-in tuner uh it's just phantom powered so um the tuner is phantom powered so it's just a di that i click the phantom power on and i can i can tune um with that but the transformer in it sounds uh incredible i really like that one and they're um quite affordable for what you can get so and that in my stonefield direct has been most most of what i've been using um, the new record you did was that was basically the whole sound wasn't it yep that's that's the entire sound was just my stonefield direct to that uh tdi um then straight into my my interface and that's that's basically about it um nearly zero plugins across um anything like do you no not even use like amp sims or anything then no no i don't i find um i find a lot of times like for bass they they don't sit well um for me like there's there's a little too well i mean they they sit well in the sense that they they sound like you're micing cabinet but sometimes they can sound like it, they're a little too boomy a lot of yeah. times and yeah. so i've most recently started getting kind of more into taming that signal uh, a bit more like you would you would see with like sort of late 70s bass recordings where the signal the bass signal is like very up front in a mix but it's not it's not hugely overpowering oh so, yes i'm interested in how to get that sort of a sound like that sort of late 70s super dry very up front in the mix yeah and like a lot of it is just and it would be just you know, sort of either not miking, going straight into a board like you would see a lot of times, or um, pulling the mic. I actually try to pull the mic away a bit so you you get a, get rid of some of the proximity effect. So with my this RE twenty, it's either right up against the grill, or I kind of kick it off um, to sort of the edge, the edge of a speaker, um, like a ten inch or something like that, or or I'll pull it back quite a bit to get a bit of room sound which sounds counterintuitive but it also will like um like at least for my playing and stuff it also like sort of narrows the scope of the the frequencies right kind of come there so it's not such a big boomy um low end that comes through yeah i get yes i can i can understand why that would be a, a kind of a desirable thing i guess i'm uh, you know i'm a, a sucker for uh for what what people tell me is the appropriate way to record and at the moment that is using irs which include cab sims so i that that tends to be the way i i do it naomi how do you record at home 
Um, pretty simply. Um, I mean, for a lot of demos, to be honest, if I'm if I'm trying to kind of showcase a particular piece of gear, I will very deliberately go straight into my Scarlet interface. Oh, and into really? Because did... I'll keep it super, <sighs> super naked, super au natural. You you did the a, a video recently of your little Bronco. Yes. Uh, strung with flats. What what did you do for that? Did you go straight into the Scarlet? Um, I went, if I recall correctly, I went through the through the EBS Microbase three, um, with everything everything super um super zeroed except for a teeny tiny bit of compression. Um, I really like the EQ on the on the Microbase, and I like the sound of it generally. What is the Microbase three? Oh, it's a it's a preamp pedal, right? Yeah, it is with like um really simple like three band EQ. It's got a drive channel as well. Um, it's a DI out. Uh, oh, that's really cool. Do you use that for yeah. a lot of things? Um, it's kind yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of just a first first port of call. Um, in the in the chain. Um. Yeah, I I like it just as a as a You don't put a... it on your board though. That's not part of your normal board. You just keep it for home recording. I've I've kept it just for home recording. Yeah. Mm. Um it's it's a new-ish addition, so my kind of gigging board for a long time up until you know, sort of the t- the time that I kind of stopped gigging not by choice earlier this year was um was uh yeah, was was indeed separate because I I was relying mostly on the on the AG seven hundred for of any kind of tone and EQ bits. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll actually go through the the AG. A, yeah, the AG. Um, I mean, one of the benefits of it being class D is not having to worry about a cab and being able to just set mm. it up and go out the um, the DI out and then straight into the interface. There, I really like the EQ that Aguilar generally use in their heads anyway. So, um, if I if I want to use a little bit um, before going in the box i will usually rely on um on that if i'm using the head i um i haven't really spent any time looking at the ebs microbase 3 mm. it really looks fantastic um this looks like a an excellent product for for kind of home use i've, I've stayed away from ebs because when i was younger we used to play a lot of gigs with a band and the bass player had like a full ebs rig and mm-hmm. he was the biggest twat I've ever met, and and it <laughs> oh, no. put, it put me off EBS forever. Like I, I, re- I I've only really just realised this seeing and like actually looking at an EBS product <laughs> because because I'd always ignore EBS because he was such a twat. But you you literally this... have past trauma that you have attached yeah. to a brand, Joe. This is insane. <laughs> this is a musical instruments first oh, for guitar wow. nerds, surely. <laughs> oh wow, that is bad. <laughs> I mean. It's it's not. I have my own trauma around <laughs> things that I know are good that I just can't I can't actually ever play through or see without having like a chill go down my spine. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, you you've, you're going to have to expand on that. Oh. Uh basically it's it's sort of any um sort of mid 90s uh PV combo uh amp of bass or mostly bass but any or of guitar fame so sort of any of the pvs with like the black widow speakers or anything like that with the big gray stripes down the side and everything and and mostly it's because i grew up in a small town in the midwest so southern indiana and um it was the amp that everyone had (laughs) and by everyone i mean every bar band because there was like this big 
big divide that was west side story in its um setting of like <laughs> of like the bar bands that were playing covers and then you know like all the indie bands who were like writing songs and doing like original music and then there was no gigs for any of the i mean it, it's the same story everywhere really <laughs> it's like the yeah. there's no gigs for anyone playing cover you know anyone who wasn't playing covers and then everyone who was playing covers who was getting paid was always like looking down at us and they all had um those pb amps and yeah. <laughs> and i <laughs> know they sound boys. good like i played them recently and i was like this is pretty great and like billy gold oh, from really? faith no more like the early stuff is like it's like that tone and everything and it's great it's just that i can't do were it were they all the u.s made uh, yeah ones, yeah yeah right. so that was still like all like southern were they mississippi is that sound right oh i don't know i think so yeah something like that but I, don't, yeah, I definitely have all. a soft spot for for PV as as a brand in general. Uh, I think there. I don't. I don't know. It, um, I don't know if it's uh, the Megadeth guy who's uh, who's led to me having that soft spot. What's his name? Dave El- Elson. El- yeah. Elson. Yeah. Um, for his allegiance to PV, but PV for me are like one of those brands like Heartkey, where I'm like they just absolutely failed to move out of the sort of late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. But I kind of. I love them for that, for their sort yeah. of reluctance to do that. Um, I, I mean, actually, on, on the subject of amps, uh, on the on the on the Facebook group on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum, uh, on a comment on last week's episode, um, Corey MacArthur said uh, he he commented on the post about last week's episode, saying, "Talk to me about where you set the knobs on your amp." Well, on your on your amp and bass guitar, he still has no clue about how to get a good bass tone, um, which is uh, which is obviously a very difficult question to answer because, of course, the 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 real answer is it's completely different to every bass and amplifier combination. But I guess we could, you know, we we could take a stab at guiding you on a sort of general concept of what to push and what to cut to get a desirable tone. Um, I mean, Naomi, what do you do when you play with flats? What do you do about your EQ on your, on your amp? Uh, I mean, I'm literally listening to the question thinking this is, this is a deep, wide rabbit yeah. hole. All of us, oh, you're right. Maybe any of this us is, could yeah. go down, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the first thing I was going to say, and you kind of actually did that in your question is, um, I was, I was going to say that the best thing anyone can do when aiming for a tone is have something in mind, have a, have a focus in mind, pick one of your favorite tunes for bass tone and think, you know, this is my, my end game here. Um, so with flats, if I'm, you know, searching for, um, quite a classic let's say i don't know kind of 70s even earlier kind of you know motown sound um i have i have been known to be as extreme as to as to take the treble out completely um and kind of start from there and just well to to start from there not 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 always to finish there but like to uh, I suppose to really start out with a very accentuated, possibly extreme version of what I'm after, and then and then edge things back in. Oh, that's a great um, way to build a tone, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's this is completely what works for people individually. But um, for like to answer the question, I, I I think one one way you could approach it is to um, start start sort of at an extreme, or start uh, to be audio about it. Start in a in a subtractive manner. 
um, or a subtracted manner and then and then add things back in. Um, so with that, I mean, the, the focus of the kind of flat, uh, wubby, um, old string kind of tone um, is a lot of your kind of low mids um, and and then deciding how much of the mid you want you want to be there. Do you want it to be super pokey? Do you want it to be more subby and woofy? Um, are you going to be subtracting from the mid frequency? Because again, the you know if you have a three band EQ, that's 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 not always standard um, across your amp and preamp and EQ products. Like there's, um, is it the thirty two band graph? How many bands are in a graphic EQ? I have no 32? idea. It, it varies, but you know the Harkies would have the ten. Oh, but I, I mean, sorry, I mean in like a in like a PA EQ. I know oh, they yeah, have 30, 32 usually. You yeah, see some sixty fours. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so in a in a thirty two, they they do often have kind of standardized, um, which does spread often to to a graphic EQ across across a lot of bass gear. But when you have um, you know a, a non parametric, just a simple three band. Uh, you know, tweaking your mid and tweaking your treble can mean different things across different products. So um, it, it, you really must focus on using your ear and having that end goal in mind, having a tone in mind. So you're not kind of literally working blind. Um, and also, I would say, you know, part of having a tone in mind is having a tone in mind that works in a mix in a song. Because well, unless, that's, that's unless, actually it, isn't it? Yeah, because unless you're unless you are playing solo, which many of us do, uh, you know, if we're making solo based videos or anything like that or even just writing parts it's it's completely fine you can absolutely use your um your open canvas but if you're going to be playing in a mix um you you need to completely have your shape in mind do you want it to be gritty do you want it to be woofy how do you want it to interact with the guitar and indeed with the kick because um i can't think of many more heartbreaking moments in my life than dialing in what i thought was a fantastic tone only to lose half of it to the kick drum in the yeah, mix. yeah absolutely absolutely and, and that's a that's a super classic example obviously is um is you know where where the low end of your instrument is likely going to have have to fight with things it's going to be it's going to be the kick most often so it, it's so much more interactive than a than a guitar is a bass and it's so much more varied and dependent on the band that you are playing with yeah, um, yeah it's, it's almost sort of the the answer to Corey's question is almost like it's not up to you <laughs> it's, it, it's, yeah, up, right. it's, uh, it's up to the band that you're playing in Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, even you know, my my band Polymath, we were a, a three piece for the longest time, and that kind of gave me pretty much, you know, carte blanche. I could do whatever I wanted with my tone within reason, and I I went most of the time for kind of my favourite sort of tone, which is, uh, yeah, I'm a, a massive Rolling Stones fan, and I, I I kept things quite simple and and bassy. I played flats a lot you know, sometimes rounds, but I really, you know, I played a lot of jazz basses, but I really made those jazz basses sound like P basses and it was more an aesthetic for me than it was a sort of tonal <laughs> choice. But that that was my standard for the longest time. And then when we got a keys player and then a sax player, I realised how completely buried and, you know, my, my tone had become. And I, I now with those two players, I play half the songs with a plectrum and now all of my tone is in boosted mids and, and massively boosted treble. Like I, I, I have a treble booster on all the time on my pedal board now. Um, and it's, you know, that that's a, a complete tonal change and not a tone that I would choose if I was playing on my own, but it, it works so much better 
in the band being able to cut through because you've got all the all the you've got a um a, a baritone saxophone and all of the synth sub that are kind of dealing with the frequencies that I normally took up whilst mm-hmm. the guitar dealt with the treble and so so yes you know to, for in answer to Corey's question it's it's you know it's going to completely depend on on the band that you're playing with if you are playing solo it's you know if you're I really like for solo. I think I think actually it, it kind of goes back to almost what the the sounds I was using for polymath, like boosted, um, boosted upper mid range and treble will make everything much more articulate. Especially if you're using a lot of effects. Maybe if you're playing by yourself, you'll find that effects are going to react really to those harmonics more than anything else. Um, but you know, as Naomi says, if you if you want to play along to Motown tracks and things like that, then a set of flats. And uh, you know, even rolling off your tone with sort of boosted low low mids is going to be you know, a, a desirable tone and a sort of a classic Motown Stax record sort of sound. Yeah, but, uh, for sure. But yes, we we should we we should move on to the uh, to the the things that we we're supposed to be talking about because of course last week so we spoke about affordable bases, short scale bases, and fretless bases. Let's recap briefly before we go into uh, the main subject: affordable bases. Um, both of you had initially chosen the new series of Yamaha BBs, the two series of that of that bass. Yes, we um, had. Which was a, a fantastic and choice. And I know that obviously Naomi, you changed uh, you changed onto a, a Sterling sub because JD had had done that. And I think what, what did I? Cho- I chose a Marcus Miller for that. Yes, you which were on I, the Sire Buzz. I think I think the the Sire one is a really really strong competitor, but I'm kind of 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 a mind that because you guys both initially said about the Yamaha BB just as an all rounder, that probably is that's probably the answer to that question. The best affordable base. You think you're getting all of the build quality. You, Yamaha are going to be offering a better build quality definitely than Sire and uh, and Court who are making this Sterling. Uh, by Music Man guitars mm-hmm. at that price point, so I'm kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I, I don't, I don't wish to sort of be like, no, this is the answer, but it's certainly for me. I was like, yeah, the the Yamaha BB seems like a real obvious choice. Yeah, I mean, I think it could really be. I think it could really be either like that or that. I mean, the the Sire was one that I really thought about as well but it's just it still feels sort of one you can't get in as many shops and sort of like oh, yeah, at that affordable sure. i was like where what could you go to most most shops or find online easily pick one up for my that was sort of like what tipped the scale towards bb for me um but yeah, both of them came top of mind so i mean either either one i would be completely happy with saying that that was that's what what we say is our best affordable yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. exactly it's, it's it's totally a personal choice. But yes, for for the listener who is a guitarist uh, who is perhaps thinking about moving into bass, uh, I think all three are fantastic options. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, the the BB certainly was a was a, a wonderful instrument. Um, short scale basses. I can't remember what everyone chose. Uh, Naomi, what did you choose? For short scale, I had down the JMJ Mustang, the Justin Meldal Janssen oh, signature. Yes. yes. Which we remembered the finish. Was it faded Daphne? 
Yeah, it was a faded death. Yeah, because yeah, we, in... we were saying Pelham at first, but of course it wasn't because it's not metallic. So it was a yeah, it was a faded Daphne. Yes, um, also available in beautiful black. But yeah, with the and, with and the they did a limited edition treatment. Yeah, yeah, they did a limited edition gold as well. I think in that one. Yeah, I haven't even models. I haven't even seen that. I don't think the gold. Um, I'm I'm wondering yeah, actually. I've only base. seen it once, and I'm thinking maybe it was a refin, but uh, <laughs> so possibly. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but definitely the black. Uh, the black is still available, I believe, um, and price wise, sits around the nine seven nine. So just tucked in under the thousand pound mark. But my God, what a base! If you want something that is played in, that sounds superb. Yeah. Um, and is just gently relicked. Hopefully won't um, irk some of the... Um, oh, what are you talking the, about? Hopefully won't <laughs> irk some of the relic purists it out there. always, always irk people <laughs> as soon as a guitar is relicked. You know, you know like, obviously, I, I used to work at, at GAC and I'm still good friends with the, the... The fellow who took over marketing was my assistant manager, essentially, mm-hmm. so... And, you know, I've got a lot of time for him. I think he's brilliant. And uh, I just really feel for him whenever I see a, a Gak post go up because, you know, Gak has a... Gak, Gak's been a shop for a long old time. And Facebook is definitely a uh, a platform that is dominated by a slightly older generation these days. And Gak is definitely a shop with a, with a slightly older generation demographic. And every time a Reddit goes up on there, oh, they're so funny, all these people with their comments. I mean, they're so original as well. But I just, I feel so bad for, for that guy with every time he posts a fantastic Reddit Fender, they're, you know, they're a oh, relic, relic in a factory. You know, there's there's always oh, like a, just a just a, a stream of sort of uh, of comments about it. And, you know, it's just it's fine. Just don't it's, buy it. It's it, just don't yeah, buy no, it. no one's making you. buy. you know what? I really hope these people are sticking by their standards and giving out to people in the street who are distressed jeans. <laughs> and, uh, you know, old leather styled boots. Yeah. and have dents in their cars through their own <laughs> fault or not. I mean, really, what harm is it? It's like, you know, it's just like every um, every affinity to um, to our, our idols' instruments in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fender have actually just released a... Um, oh, I can't remember what, what anniversary must it be. Oh, I guess it's... I guess because it's 2020 um, and the... The jazz bass. Well, the jazz bass first came out in '59, didn't it? But I guess technically, you still had a two-button one in the. I don't know. They've released some sort of anniversary. Fender will come up with an anniversary for everything. But there's a, uh, um, there's a like a, a stackpot concentric controlled, um, road worn anniversary jazz bass that's uh, that Fender have just announced, which was the the post that I saw getting criticism, and I was just like, oh, this this thing's incredible, just like a. Mm-hmm. A lovely sort of Fender are doing such a great job of those road worn finishes at the moment. I, I I just can't believe the quality that's coming out of of Mexico with the road worn finishes. I can't believe it's not putting the the US custom shop out of out of work. <laughs> you know, it's uh, they're just so good. Yeah, and JMJ I, especially. I think um, I think one of the first that I saw was the flea signature. Was the shell pink. Um, the first flea, first Fender flea signature that came yeah. out, uh, yeah. was it three, four years ago? Yeah, and that's just right. thought it was that um, Stackpot 62. Yes, mm. exactly. Yeah, but um, 
I just wanted the relicking job, the road, the road wearing job. You it know, when so you pick up one for the first time and you just you you notice how much detail there really is to it. It's it's not as simple as just taking some some sandpaper to a nitro finish. There's uh, there's quite absolutely. a lot more to it. Absolutely. It's 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 very much a, a kind of a work of art in its own right. And I think for Fender to achieve something like that at the price point they do. Um, is very good and the jmj is a fantastic example and i would say absolute whilst well, it's not my favorite short scale certainly if you were going to sp- spend money on a mustang at the moment i th- i thought it was absolutely fantastic um jd what did you go for for short scale uh i went with the uh the epiphone alan woody rumble cat oh yes yeah really which great. was which was um i wanted to go with the nordstrand asina nix but it was uh, we had the caveat of being able well, to pick it up easily. You can buy it in a shop. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess yeah, so, yeah. But it, I mean, they're also there were two. There were yeah. yeah, there are two left in the country or whatever yeah. <laughs> in the UK at the moment. So yeah, yeah. and so, so that was that was one of those things. But that's, I mean, that's for short scale bass like that and the Rumble Cat were the two that I remember playing and remember being really like excited by playing and being like oh there's there's a lot of uses for this besides just sort of kind of like oh i'm playing a short scale with flats or something that you would you know you the those sort of vibes and yeah yeah like both of them it's like there's lots to do here but i also i also love the um benel johnson like that one is a great great bass i think might be the answer so yeah yeah, but my choice was that Godin Guitars Dorchester, which yeah. is their version of, uh, you know, a, a Moss Wright sort of thing. And whilst I think, you know, Godin Guitars make some absolutely unbelievably good, maybe one of the most underrated companies around at the moment, um, it was still definitely a, uh, a niche choice. You're only going to like that if you're into Moss Rights, and I understand that they're a bit sort of chalk and cheesy, but... Um, but yes, that that was uh, that was that was short scales. So I guess I don't know. I think yeah, maybe I'm with with you, JD. I think um, I think the JMJ Naomi's JMJ is is maybe the the best short scale that you can purchase at the moment. And then we we got we managed to just get uh, fretless bases in at the end. Um, but my God, did we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you go for Naomi oh yeah what was it I uh, so I cheated this category I had two I had the Ibanez SRF 705 BBF with the beautiful Okume body and Bar- oh, yeah. body body and Bartolini MK1s but then my wild card um, was the Takamin TB10 jumbo body oh, with extendable no. spike which a- apparently broke both my co-hosts yeah. <laughs> And, and I'm it had pretty an sure neither of us spike. bought it. Yeah, no, well, it was too much money. So you know, I I recently bought. Uh, I, I I didn't speak about this at the time, but I bought one of the Epiphone EB ones. Uh, mm. Is that what it was? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So they did the their solid body violin bass, which is based on the original, the first Gibson bass, um, and that had a telescopic. Um, what 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 is it? called in american jd is it's a kick stand it's a kickstand yeah i say kickstand did I you mean, just say in uh, american yeah that's what yeah. in in american it's called a kickstand but we call it 
because I was trying to find a replacement for one. And I couldn't find one searching like um, stand, like stand or telescopic pole or anything like that. And I, th- I found it was it was kickstand uh, was the, mm. was the term. So I still can't get hold of one because it's been discontinued for so long. But um, but yeah, they, they did a. F- I got the fretted one, but they did do a fretless version of that, which was absolutely wonderful. I love the idea of being able to play an electric bass in an upright uh, position. That sounds awesome and the tb what was it tb1 or tb10 tb10 TB yeah. yeah just Absolutely superbly just diverse too much money just slightly too much money for me to be willing to part with which is yeah a shame. and and it you know you there's no denying it it is a bit of a niche instrument as well i mean something you can bow or sit with on your lap like uh, yeah. in the style of an electric bass is um i don't know i don't i don't know who the target market is really for it um, is mm. is it the player who who likes to dabble in both? Is it is it someone's first maybe look at the the idea of a double bass, or is it someone who has everything plays upright and electric and wants something that they can pack up and take to gigs without it being a massive bag? Uh, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, we just I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I wonder too because there's I mean there's a couple other different like vibes like that, like the NS design, like the Omni bass, which is the thirty four inch upright in essence so the the scale length is the same as an upright that you can also wear sort of crossbody or with a stand <laughs> or the the ibanez has the same sort of um came out with one probably for sale i saw it at a show so i'm not sure if it's actually whoever made it to production properly but it was yeah the same sort of thing where it's just like you know you get a traditional electric bass guitar scale length with you know, like the ability to play it as an upright. So I think, you know, like there's, there's a, there's a niche for those sort of things, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, obviously last week we mentioned it, but, but talking about fretless it sort of got me really hot and bothered for a, for one of the Ibanez um, RS924s, which were their sort of roadster, series mm, um, yeah. the roadster fretlesses and i found one for about 800 quid on reverb which i've been which i've been hovering over ever since so I, I used to own one they were fantastic fretlesses i've spent the entire week since we did this the podcast i've spent the entire week um basically watching juan Odrete videos and with him playing fretless and being like why why don't i own a fretless at the moment um, so thinking oh, about yeah. that, but look at those, I, yeah. Did and oh, is the this roasters, the yeah, yeah, yeah? Is this the is um, this the PJ format as well? Yes, that that's right. Yeah, they had sort of white PJs. But then I've recently discovered this. I've just popped a link, uh, dear co-hosts, in the uh, in the try in in our in our session mm-hmm. um, uh, for you to click on. But listener, I'll make sure this link is available to you as well. Uh, I I've recently discovered there is a Kramer 450B. Yes. Oh, look um, at that! A, 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 on reverb at the moment. Now these rarely come into the UK, so US listeners, I'm sure you see many more Kramers than me, especially no, from mean, this era. Not, I mean, there's usually always a couple available because I've been looking at them for ages. Um, yeah. And but it'll be something like mainstream music in Brooklyn has it one, or you know, there'll be a few individual but like yeah like the 450b's are they're yeah. great um yeah yeah the, these are fantastic instruments i've you know seen a few played and been incredibly impressed by their tone um to see a fretless one very unusual um i don't actually know if this is 
if they are made fretless initially or if this is a or if this is has been converted i'm 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 not entirely sure i don't know you know if you can convert these <laughs> uh i don't i don't really know but um but yeah i'm i'm incredibly tempted by this instrument they're such wonderful wonderful rare interesting unique guitars aluminium necked of course um yeah look at that but, that is superb looking yeah the one thing the one thing i do find with uh sort of late 70s kramer like the 450s for sure is the so the aluminium or aluminum dear north american listeners <laughs> uh, and also technically was north american yeah yeah actually the, metal, it, it, so the, the word fun. the word um, is alum, aluminum <laughs> yeah. like it's totally one one area where we, we have absolutely fallen down on um i remember i did a, a video a, a while ago about my favorite uh, aluminium guitars and i had so many comments from americans being like why are you saying it wrong and i sort of went to like wikipedia it to look up the fact that our pronunciation is right just assuming that the british pronunciation was correct it was like oh no it is actually aluminum and we changed it for no reason so has english been working off like a colloquialism of aluminum? no, no so we time? changed it to bring it in line with the so basically the the guy who named it was an idiot because we brought it back in line with the rest of the periodic table like you know ending so, in em you mean yeah yeah exactly okay. we just pronounced it the way the periodic table is pronounced but right technically the guy who named it did name it Aluminum. aluminum well it's you know, and like yeah, sodium instead of sodium and sure you know. <laughs> okay on a on a on a very rare note i will also say that it is the um it is also the irish for aluminium is aluminum so, oh really dear oh, irish there listener a dear eve shall live on aluminum yeah, so there yes. we go. Okay. Well, I, w I will endeavour to pronounce it the correct way from now on because yeah. that, that it's, is it's two against one which, here. Which, way is, which <laughs> way is the correct way, though? <laughs> Do we go periodic table or who? Well, technically, the the person that named it has the the you know. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's aluminum. I feel like we're going to go GIF GIF here in a sec. <laughs> Um, but yeah, well, yeah i saw an i'm sorry to bring memes no. into any podcast um i'm sure you hoped joe we wouldn't stoop to such a level that's, that's but um i stumbled ac across one last night that just said um what if god just came down to earth and said it's pronounced jod and then left <laughs> <laughs> i nearly died <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah that's uh that's that's absolutely wonderful um but yes, yes yeah i Kramer guess one, what i was gonna say is Sorry, the one yes, thing i, I found about I, only because i want to you know in case anyone's waited with bated breath um besides myself uh was it what i what i've found when i've been able to play these sometimes is it um unlike sort of a, the few travis beans i've played or the you know like electrical guitar company and stuff now like it's um sort of seeing um like the the wood uh inlays in the back of the aluminum necks for those kramers like it's so weird because it, it feels great but if you look at it a lot of times like you know 50 years later nearly you know it's there's there's a bit of like there's like a gap between the 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 metal and the wood and it just feels oh, like it should feel so awkward but it's like because the wood shrunk but the the you know the metal has it and it's just sort of like yeah. huh that's weird so it's it's one of those things i kid i played a played a few of them and it's just they're great i just i always bought them when i was you know like 
on the road and was like, no, don't bring home more bases than you take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too easily done. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm going to hover over this Kramer for a little bit longer, I think. And it's, it's very it's, cool. It's very I cool. I mean, it's, it's got it's, that kind of T40 vibe as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you've got to love a PVT-40. Um, you don't have I love to. everything except how much it weighs. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, they were they were an absolutely ridiculous way. But incredibly underestimated, uh, underappreciated. Those tonally, are. do you mean? Or Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely not looks-wise, but, you know, tonally, mm-hmm. like, they were absolutely fantastic bases. They go for no money, and they are, like, well, I don't know. I assume they still go for, they certainly went for no money when I sold one. But... Uh, <laughs> And and then regretted it years later, but um, yeah, I don't think really they're bases. I don't think they're bank breaking st- still. I mean, do you no. remember? I mean, was it one episode, probably two episodes ago? We we touched briefly on the PV Foundation bases, which hmm. I stumbled across two of Ugh. from nineteen eighty nine, and yeah. one of them certainly was an eighty nine uh, that came into the last store I was in, and um, they just sounded unbelievable, and they were going for like. 299 euro i mean nothing like pocket Ugh. money to some to some uh listeners i'm sure and just maple bodies with those um were they super ferrite pickups the ferrite pickups anyway and they um just sounded huge like absolutely gigantic sounding with with no mods in life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I need to find one now. Uh, yeah, I'm going to find one and buy one. If I can find one for that price, I'm buying one during this podcast. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, just wait till after the podcast, but it's, I heard it be too late. Like I could yeah. tell the moment had gone. <laughs> I fe- so my favorite PV was the PV Cirrus. Um, if I can find a four-string Cirrus, I might buy it. Um, this, there's, those are the ones that were all the neck-through laminate, like multi-laminate ones. Right. Serious That's four. yeah, yeah. My my first base was a PV Fury, P base copy. Oh yeah, that was like the P base version, yeah. wasn't it? That, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was my my first base that was 
was black with a white uh, pickguard slash scratch plate. Same thing. Um, and um, my father, like, uh, custom ordered, like, a black scratch plate for it. So it was black on black was my first. Nice. My oh. first PV Fury. That is, Ma- that's maple pretty neck, cool. Maple fretboard. They were really good. The yeah. the guy who taught me how to play bass uh, played one uh, played a, a black PV Fury actually. You know, just he was a kid in my year who could play bass, but <laughs> he he still taught me bass for the best part of a year. But uh, yeah, he uh, nice. Yeah, they're, they're, so I've got a soft spot for those. But yeah, I can only find certainly on on reverb only five string Cirruses at the moment, which is a which is a shame. Mm. One of my first ever demo videos for GAC, actually, was a PV series. If you want to YouTube that, dear listener, mm. you can see me try and play a five string. I think I tried to avoid that low B as much as possible and just play the rest of the bass. But, uh, but Speaking uh, of five string. Yeah, speaking of five string, we absolutely, I, I, I realise I've absolutely dawdled here. We need to talk about our favourite five strings. JD, why don't we start with you? Oh, that means I have to pick my top choice. Um, <laughs> That's what you get for such a good segue. That yeah, was one of was, the finest podcast great. segues I think Thank I've you. ever yeah. heard. Yeah. No, cheers, no, not you, cheers, Joe. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, clearly not me. <laughs> it was, it was great because I, I was, I had like caveats I wanted to chuck in around like fretless anyway. So cool. Best five string for reasonably affordable that you can find in shops. A reasonably affordable, you know. So you know, not not the three plus grand. Um, five strings out there yeah i decided to go with the lakeland skyline daryl <gasps> jones dj5 oh, in white pearl yeah. with maple board that Ooh. is a fantastic choice why have we had any is it is it lakeland or lackland lackland yeah i mean well, the guy's name has, is dan lackin yeah, but it also they the I mean it could be Lackland. I'm not sure, but it it also has a uh the looks like there's a long A over Lakeland. So the ah. L A K. So I was like which is why I've always said Lakeland. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. No no I've I'm, only ever I'm called him Dan, to be fair, so <laughs> I don't actually know. Quite um, a lot of time is spent on, on bass guitar nerds uh pronouncing things. Is it the oh. same over on Guitar Nerds show? Uh, yes, we we mispronounce stuff absolutely all the time. I, I mispronounce stuff a lot. Like on Guitar Nerds, I have to introduce the new Patreon backers every week. And the problem is everyone has weird flipping names. And I really struggle. So I'm never <laughs> sure exactly how to pronounce people's names. I'm never sure how to pronounce anything. I mean, I reckon Jay Cross makes more mistakes than me on pronunciation. That seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, but it's yeah. almost like there's names outside of Jay and Joe that exist in the world. <laughs> yeah. I'm very I mean, sorry he, for you both to have he, to face such realities. I'm I'm going to let you guys and our listeners in on a little secret that I would never be able to um to to introduce on the on the main podcast. And so, dear listener, if you do want to take advantage of this, please do. Jay's name isn't Jay. He hates his first name, which is why he makes us call him jay there you go so uh, oh is he a middle name usist he is a uh he's a first letter uh user but okay uh, there you go i'm not going to tell you what his first name is but uh but there you go that's that's dear listener and dear co-hosts that has sent uh, the mind spinning yeah there you go anyway yes we should continue so the uh the five string daryl jones by lack lakeland 
Yeah. Yeah. The DJ five. Yeah. I just, I think it's such a, it's got, you know, it's, it's J style. Um, but I, I really like one The finish is great. Like I love a white pearl, um, swamp ash body bolt on maple neck, which I think is tough to go wrong with, um, block inlays, which I absolutely adore. Um, but what I think's really great about this is the it's a 35 inch scale length which i think yeah so i think for for five strings i i really enjoy i really enjoy that that little extra bit and i i don't have massive hands like it's not like i want to play this like i'm not a big dude but it's i just feel like the the tone you get from the the b and then also the E string, because that's one of the main reasons I don't typically really play a lot of five string is I think it, it affects the way the E string sounds to me in a way that I um, sometimes don't like. Um, or right. And it's very subtle, but it's it's still sort of there and just sort of feels um, feels different to me. But yeah, like I think if I if in, I were in what way, do you think it makes it thinner? No, I think it actually makes it a little bit um, beefier. Oh, well, no, oh, you know, you're right. So on the five, it, it does feel a little bit thinner. Um, and I think it's the uh, same way that like the A string, a lot of times on your on a four string will feel uh, certainly feels different than it does on like a five. So where it's like right. bang in the middle of it. So you can sort of, yeah, it just it just gives it a um, like on a four string. It feels it feels like it's the biggest you know, I mean, it is, but it feels like it's it's the biggest, and it sort of like has the most control over the resonant frequencies of that bass, where the like a five string sort of just has it. And I think most of it is like it's sitting a little bit inside of the 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 neck, and so it just it vibrates slightly differently. And it, I mean, right, I I'm starting to get into like you know like territories of like um, ancient aliens building bases <laughs> and, and whatnot. My um, at least the last half of ancient aliens after they've done the, but what if, you know, pivots. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. The, the Dow Jones isn't quite a, um, a jazz based body shape though, right? It's slightly different. It has like a, a turned in upper horn. Yeah. So it's sort of turned in sort of, sort of an elongated look, but definitely, definitely gives like jazz vibes and it's, it's a lot of those those sort of not quite fenders are those like sort of elevated fender like you know anyone who gets to innovate on a standard sort of look yeah there are a lot of nods to it aren't there i mean it's it's absolutely uh an homage of sorts to a jazz but uh yeah jazz body it's it's offset in the same sort of proportion pick guard kind of same same styled block inlays as well interesting yeah. that it's three and two on the headstock yeah i also i dig that as well mm. and i dig that they have the the hip shot ultralights like standard yes on those it's just you know but you still get the like elephant ears but there's you know like mm-hmm. it's just what's yeah, the advantage of those what the that they're the, the they're, tuners yeah, uh, the ultralights well one like the gear ratio is pretty good but they're also like the right. ultralights just keeps the the neck from being it's just less weight at the headstock, you know, which you can get if you have like the, you know, sort of big, um, full size, um, tuners. It's just, yeah, they're just smaller, um, on the back of the headstock. They're just smaller and lighter. I see. I I I have hip shot ultralights on my Bronco. 
Oh, really? But yes. with with lipstick, uh, lipstick, uh, lollipop, lollipop. There you yeah. go. With with lollipop, lipstick pickup, lollipop <laughs> yes. tuner. Lollipop yeah. tuner. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, they're they're awesome. I am. Um, I'm a huge fan of Hipshot. Did you choose them because of because of the look of the lollipop tuner, or because of the the weight, or is it a bit both? Um, well, I mean, they're they're very they're they're much lauded on um a lot of forums, and also they happen to be on um the bass that I was going to choose as my five string best bass. <laughs> oh, what another <laughs> amazing segue! It's a good evening for segues <laughs> on this fine, cold, rainy. Dank evening. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to jump in, JD. Had we had oh, we yeah, more no, to touch on with the Lackland? We, I I don't. You're ruining back on the, segue. the segue. You're ruining the segue right now. I'm self sabotaging my own segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your inner as, is, as is customary. Yeah, stop that. Um, but yeah, so my my five string choice uh, does indeed sport hip shot tuners um, and bridge, I believe. Um, it's the Reverend Mercalli 5 in, let me find my link. It is midnight black. It's a beautiful midnight black with binding and a white, an ivory um, pearl pick guard. So, yeah, are you guys familiar? Have you, have either of you played the Mercalli 5? Have so you I heard of it? Because it, it's, it's a discontinued model, right? It's not a current uh, thing that they make. Is that is right? it? It's up for pre-order online currently. They've oh, no, no. So I was genuinely asking. Like, it, it, I, th- oh, I thought right. it was. Yeah, well, they've they've done a few a few runs of finishes. Um, right, still I on see. their site, and it is still on um, on one of the main sites here in the UK. So it's up for pre-order and up for. Oh, um, sorry. It, it certainly yeah. is. It certainly is a, a current model. I, I'm yeah. mistaken. Yeah. But but I mean the so I actually have one. Uh, I've I've used my my bias card um, for the five string just because <laughs> I am a huge fan of this bass. I you know I don't like to reference this, but quite a few people have come up to me after shows not to ask about my playing, but to ask about the bass. <laughs> what is that? Ba- oh my god! The sound it of that bass. Incredible. Nothing to do with your playing. But look at that bass. <laughs> Listen to that bass. So it, you know, it it's an attention grabbing model. Like as I'm sure um, many podcast listeners are are familiar with Reverend's, you know, general vibe is visually they do offer something a little different. They have that kind of Art Deco sort of not a million miles from your airline and your Italia kind of um, styling, but what what is just so great with Reverend is the is the build quality across the board. And again, we're we're tucked in at around nine fifty pounds, nine fifty UK, uh, for the Mercalli five. For that, you're getting a Karina body. You're getting, as I said, Hipshot hardware. You're getting. You guys can correct me if I'm off on this, but they're they're pretty much kind of Music Man style pickups in a reverse P. And a reverse P in the in the mid, and then it's like yeah. a full sort of well ten pole, I guess. Ten in the in the jumbo in the humbucker, yeah, 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 jumbo humbucker. But the, I mean, the cool thing about them is that they're all um, all of the pickups are designed um, specifically, you know, by Reverend for yes. their bases and voiced for them, which is... exactly by Reverend for Reverend. Um, yeah, and then your your controls are super simple. You've got your uh, overall tone, you've got your volume, and then you've got your pickup blend, which is super wide. Um, 
so I mean that combined with just the the tone wood um for anyone who isn't familiar with Karina it um it really is something else I don't know have you guys had much experience with Karina bodies but pretty much my experience with Reverend specifically was I was in Canada playing a show um or playing some shows a few years back and stumbled across a Thundergun um which I'm not sure is the Thundergun still a current model I think they may have discontinued it um but I thought I'll give this a try. It looks a little different and could not get over. It it was not dissimilar to my first time playing a mahogany body and just experiencing. Well, that's it. Is Karina's a mahogany alternative? Yeah, exactly. And just the the tonal differences and you know where it stands out and where it sings and that combined with a, a particularly well built instrument. Um, just um, I just couldn't get over it for for um. I mean, I mean, for the canvas of styles that I kind of play, which is kind of across disco, soul, funk, uh, punk. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a better all rounder, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, know, for sure. I, I mean, all I was going to say is, you know, you've you've got your kind of ash and maple bodies, which which can kind of go into the super bright range. I would say, generally speaking, mahogany is uh, and Karina would be slightly darker tonally but um i've i've yet to find something that the mercalli hasn't really stood out um and done a superb job of uh, I'm, I'm absolutely not surprised um i don't know why i didn't think of this this should have been mine as well because i, I just think as not as, as someone who's not especially a five string player mm. um i think uh, reverend have done a great job of making a five string that is general purpose rather than a five string for metal you know this is a, yeah. a real sort of a session players five string which is way more up my street yeah. and of course um currently available in mulberry mist which is their version of burgundy mist which is my all-time favorite finish um so they do a cool. good job of it as well right yeah, and I mean, Mulberry it's, it's is particularly nice. The, the Mulberry Mist is is exceptionally good. That is absolutely, um, yeah, that's a dream finish right there. It's, it's very lovely. A really great guitar. I've always been slightly put off by those sort of, um, you know, the same with Music Man. It's those big mm. pickups. They're massive, they're black, and they're plastic. And they're, they're sitting on, on these kind of cool retro-style guitars. Mm-hmm. And they look a little bit like a... I don't know, like a like a little handheld computer in in the middle of the guitar. They, yeah, that's a I mean, they're, they're example, like yeah. Reverend literally call them thick brick and split right. brick. You know, right. they're not yeah. um, <laughs> they're not a uh, messing about or they're they're calling a spade a spade with yeah, what yeah. they're what they're working with here. Yeah. But I mean, what are some of the other Reverend bass pickups? I mean, what have we got in the? Well, that's that's actually kind of been my thing as a, as a pickups. So that that's kind of something they've always lent towards is is those Music Man style housings mm. um, on quite a few of their models, and mm-hmm. that for me was always like the turn off. Reverend, fantastic brand and a brand that I love their guitars, but you know I I was so into their guitars. I you know Ken, the guy who runs the company, is such a nice guy, and and you know we, we started getting Reverend guitars in at Guitar Nerds, and I was like I've got to get myself a Reverend bass, surely because these guys are fantastic. And I started looking at the basses, and I was like. Like, oh, there's, there's actually, I much prefer the guitars. The only bass I was really into was the Triad. Um, oh, yeah. Which is their, their triple awesome. pickup 
jazz yeah. uh, sort of jazz style which mm-hmm. which actually is you know i'm not just into i'm incredibly into but i just mean yeah you know for, for a company that makes sort of 10 15 models i was surprised there was only one i was especially excited about sure um, have but, you yeah. have you had your hands on the sentinel yet their new newer short scale which looks I, very like the Thunder Gun, if you remember it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have not yet. It's their short scale. It's their set neck. Um, yes. It's also available in Mulberry Mist. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it does look very good, doesn't it? Um, it does, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm super keen to get my hands on, on one at some point soon. Yeah, yeah. They, they are fantastic. I'm, and Sorry, I was say, no, like, no, I really, really almost picked the Mike Watt the watt power um, oh for God. the short it's, scale it's so cool yeah. the, the 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 new one now that it's got the neck pickup and the yeah. half of an extra p pickup yeah. as well it's yeah that's so the the cool. watt pa- uh, watt plower watt plower yeah, mark plower. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i mean i i i feel like we've touched on it so much i i may as well just let my sonic cat out of the bag it was the watt plower is is my my actually my choice for best bass. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. It is. Wow. Oh. Okay. Well, that we've was got a, a terrible sort of... segue. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've started. We we, we, we start, started we... off strong with the segue. Oh, so. I, I did. No, no. My five actually oh doesn't matter. Oh my god! Matter. We didn't. No, no we didn't. No, no, no. Your five. No, no. My it's five okay, doesn't Joe, matter because no, no. My five doesn't matter because Naomi's five was so much better. I like. I want to change my five to the McCalley five. Uh, I think that I'm changing it. So my five was and was and I'm I'm disappointed in myself for this because I feel like if I'd have brought this brand in on something other, maybe I'd have stood more chance. But I was going for the Court A5 Plus. Now mm. I have a real soft spot for Court because I actually yeah. think they make incredibly high quality instruments. And they they sent me some instruments earlier on this year and it included this model. And it is fan fret and five strings. So you can't get further Ooh. away from the sort of thing I like. It's also a spalted uh, maple top or burled poplar. I don't, I have no idea. And it's got active circuitry and it's one of those single cuts. Now, guitar listeners, single cut for bass doesn't mean Les Paul. It means completely tasteless and has a load of wood running halfway up the body for no apparent reason. Mm. Um, but when I sat down and played this bass, I was like, this thing sounds fantastic. And it had Bartolini pickups. I have a massive soft spot for Bartolini. If I was to pick a pickup brand, I would say Bartolini. They make the best well-rounded gorgeous sort of retro come modern sort of deep-seated in that sort of 80s clarity pickup um the the three band eq was fantastic i don't care that it was i i I think fan fret is a bit of a is, is is kind of snake oil for me i understand that it might help with drop tuning but actually i you know, I play in a band that where I have to drop tune on a four string down to A sometimes, and you, I, I can do it. So I'm not sure it's a. I'm not sure fan fret is a is a, is a decent argument for um, for being able to drop tune better. Um, but you know, all those th- those things aside, I sat and played it and struggled to put it down, and I was like, well, this thing is absolutely fantastic. And even though I'm not a five string player, I've played plenty of five strings. And this one really, really stood out to me as me being like, man, this thing sounds incredible. The build quality is unbelievable. The build quality is that of an Ibanez of twice the price. 
Um, in awesome. fact, the looks and aesthetic, everything about it was that of an Ibanez for twice the price. And I know Ibanez make very, very affordable instruments for their price point. Well, Court are going, you know, one step further. Um, so, yeah, so so very briefly, because, yeah, let's move on to best bass. I thought the A5 was a wonderful instrument, but I, um, I, I you know, I'm, I'm sorry, JD, I, I, I really think... Uh, Naomi's choice on the Macaulay 5 has immediately made me think maybe I need a Macaulay 5. So I'm I'm going to go there. Let's talk about our best bases. Naomi, you're making another <laughs> reverend choice with the... what? Are you going I'm... what power or what plower? Hang on a second. Are you talking about... They're both what plower? Oh, yeah. They're both what plower. They're both... Yeah. So there's there's what plower no. and then there's what plower mark two. Right. With, yes. With our third, sense. yeah, with our triple sort of mm, triple mm, mm. Uh, P setup. Yes. Sorry, I, I um, misread that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, my choice had been the the Mark One, if you like the the uh, initial signature Watt player, um, for the simple reason that I played one per chance that I saw in a store in New York last year. Um, having got, I mean, I still think, I still don't know if there's any. Um, bricks and mortar stores in Ireland doing Reverend. There certainly wasn't last year. Really? So, yeah. I am surprised. For reals. Um, I could be wrong. I hope I am. Um, seeing it in stores would be would be superb uh, because I do think this is a brand that should be in as many people's hands to try Absolutely. safely and sanitarily as possible. They seem to be a um, brand that have made in, in an incredible impact in Scotland. Um, if that's, yes, uh, they, they m- have merchant- indeed. Merchant City Music in Glasgow, um, good yeah. friends of the podcast, and mm-hmm. one of our favourite guitar shops, to be honest. Have uh, they've um, they've they've even got their own um, their own colour named um, uh, by Reverend. They even developed their own colour with them. Um, oh, like a signature colour. Yeah, with a little hats off to us, uh, but it's uh, it's foam shrimp pink, and it is their version of shell pink. Oh, um, nice. And uh, and so, in fact, there are there is a um, a foam shrimp pink East Cider T, which is the Tele style guitar, working its way down to Guitar Nerds HQ at the moment, and that will be the second pink um, Merchant City uh, exclusive that they've had because they also did a Jetstream 390, which they also sent to Ooh, us. I and I'm still, I've, I've, yeah, they're very good. I've got a, one of the Greg Cock uh, um, sort of tele cabernita style guitars here at the moment which i'll mm. be trading with them for the uh um for the for the east cider but um very cool i really should ask them for a mike watt i really should ask them to do a pink mike watt um I, talk well, to me what about I was, the mike watt <laughs> yeah well, what i was gonna say was so what you're gonna tell us next is there's a there's a shrimp a sh- <laughs> what is it shrimp foam pink foam, foam shrimp. shrimp pink a foam yeah. shrimp pink base on the way that would be the the news yeah. i would love to hear yeah. um but yeah i mean i don't mean to sound like a like a one track mind in in terms of my in-store experiences with reverend having been stunned by a thunder gun which led me to buying a mercalli 5 but i was curious anyway my curiosity had been piqued by the by the watt player um as listeners probably know by now i generally am a short scale fan um actually have really been into any of mike watt's music that i've heard i saw him play with 
is it the Minutemen? It is mm-hmm. the Minutemen, right? Yeah. The Minutemen are you... absolutely fantastic and yeah. incredibly important. And yes. his baseline work on some of their records is amazing. Yes. Um, so saw him with them uh, some years back in Dublin and was, was very wowed. Um, so yeah, um, even on paper, my curiosity had been piqued about the Watt player and then quite deliberately went in search around uh, music stores when I visited New York um, a, a year and a bit ago and got my hands on a Watt player and was not disappointed in the slightest. The P-Blade pickups, um, the Karina body again, just that combination of really gnarly, gritty, loud, somehow still passive pickups and the Karina body and the short scale um, length just combined to make a superb, somehow deep, somehow pleasantly pokey, gnarly sounding um, instrument. And again, and it's, with, it's set neck as well, right? It's it is set neck as well, exactly. So, I you know my one wish was that I had maybe got to kind of turn it up a bit more, but I was in um, Rudy's music, which was oh yeah, um, great yeah, shop, yeah, absolutely. But um, one of those stores where you would you would um, not want to be making too much of a racket necessarily, unless unless you're literally about to buy. And I was, <laughs> I was the excitable tourist trying to get my mitts on as many things to try for a few moments as possible. <laughs> it's nice to play that part sometimes, but um, yeah. So I, yeah, just a a, a huge huge fan again well, all round. Just is... kind of ticks all the boxes, and it looks freaking awesome. It's in emerald green. I yeah. feel like there's been there's been a weird gap throughout a lot of the 2010s in green finishes. Fender barely did any greens for quite a number of years and have only kind of crept back in in the last three years, four years, maybe with some green finishes. Um, and even which, then, they're always pastel. Mm. Yeah, like right. Forest so, green. What's happened to forest green? Mm-hmm. Forest green. Which one was the Johnny Marr signature? That beautiful finish. Was it Sherwood green? Sherwood Green. When I said forest green, I obviously meant Sherwood Green. Right. <laughs> named it wrong. It is a forest. So. Aren't yes. you lucky? Aren't you lucky? I gently corrected you. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Thank you. But, thank you. But that Sherwood Green, we just haven't seen enough of in Fender instruments, and then it's you know it's nice. It's nice in other brands, kind of repping repping the color. I'm yeah. I'm really into that satin emerald green. They've also done a beautiful yellow finish, which is like a buttery. Or a butter cup kind of um they call it satin watt yellow. So um <laughs> again I'm only guessing is is uh one of one of Mike Watt's own choices. Yeah, yeah, that, that green absolutely has it for me as well. I think the emerald mm-hmm. green is a fantastic finish. I'm I'm very surprised. I didn't expect this to be your your choice, but uh it's it's a wonderful choice. I think it's uh a, a, a wonderful guitar to be at the top of this list. I'm really glad that Reverend have a place. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm I'm going. I am going super personal on my yeah, on my taste is, for this. Do you know what I mean? Like, which it, is the point of this last one? I think. Yeah. Sh- sure. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of embracing my guilty pleasure in it being a short scale, is, in it being a single pickup, in it being also obviously we we are working within the criteria of something that's you know more widely available than than a yeah. custom build or than something that's an old model. So it's worth noting that my my taste remains very classic generally, but within within the criteria that we were working with here, um, this yeah, this just pipped the post for me. Yeah, absolutely. What a wonderful bass. Um and and also sub a thousand pounds, I think, these. Or around mm, that. Just about. 
it's 10.99 just, oh, is it? oh right just over yeah but still yeah. A, a wonderful price for the for an incredible amount of instrument yes um jd your favorite bass that you can currently purchase yeah also going uh totally personal um and keeping this in it, again all the caveats and constraints that and then we just uh, gave us, I will go with um, the NS Design NXTA radius space. Which what? Is, yep. That's my, my favorite, my favorite electric bass that meets those criteria <laughs> by far. So I don't know if, do you know, do you know this one? Well, so this is headless not bolt- at all yeah headless bolt-on uh czech republic made so made by the same people that make the the uh nxt and nxta uprights um so um also so ns and emg design pickups uh which are active passive the base has no batteries um no external Wait, batteries what? it's all it's all charged so again um ned steinberger being the wizard he is uh basically so it it's basically got a quarter inch jack that you plug into the mains which is usually a thing you get at like you know christmas like gag gifts of like huh you know uh, but it's a, you, a mains charge that you just plug into the instrument it charges in i think a minute like 60 seconds and will play for 16 hours <laughs> 16 hours on the so just just that but it's this bass for me it's the it looks f- for being a headless bass every you know like all you know active electronics everything it sounds super sweet and passive to me and mostly play it passive anyway but it sounds super sweet it's one of the best playing basses one of the most comfortable basses um so this is to... this is the sorry the the ns is this the radius for yeah, so that's radius. Yeah. So rate there's three slash four levels of radius. So there's like the the WAV, so WAV or wave um, one, and then the NXTA is the is sort of the mid range, and then there's the CR, um, which right. is their sort of high end, and then there's custom builds um, beyond that. But sort of the the not the base level, which you can get for I think usually you can see them for about eight nine nine US. And then, um, so the NXTA is a, is a bit above that, but should still be probably around that. You probably get it for somewhere like two ish US, probably. So right, right. Yeah. But these so, are... aluminum one piece bridge saddle assembly. So it's all it's all sort of kind of that same sort of Stonefieldy violiny. Um, so, yeah. So it's not individual saddles or anything. It's sort of like. Um, you go there, but I it, love it, the bridge. I love the bridge. It's like a Hofner bridge, but modern. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Hofner bridge, but it stays there. And in June, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't it have a piezo built in as well. Mm, I don't think they do. Is uh, that just the WAV then? Because the the WAV definitely does, which you mm. can pick up for like. Uh, so so my only the only time I've seen this, I I didn't know there was an NST version. The only time I've seen this is the NS Design Radius WAV four, because I've seen and played them at Base Direct, um, and they're eight nine nine, you know GBP. Yeah. Um, and. 
you know, these bases look absolutely flipping stunning, like incredible for the price. I totally agree with you. This is a wonderful blend of, uh, you know, a designer who is responsible for a, a lot of what has now become standardized in base, making mm. something new and interesting that I don't know why these aren't more popular. I mean, yeah, I th- I think probably it's just availability. There's there's sort of certainly for like they look very much like the sort of new range of headless things that are that are out there, yeah. like the Strandbergs and and even some of the the Kiesels and and though that sort of format that you see in like a headless now, like the these came out uh, eight, five eight years ago somewhere around there's probably the first time i start i saw them and was playing them and it was just such a it's been it was just i played the bass and it it felt effortless to play like it like everything felt like it was just an extension of me and it and it like just it has such a useful tone as well and it it's one of those tones that it seems like it would fit with anything which is kind of what I want because I want to be able to sort of shape things as I can or have, um, you know, have a, have a base that, you know, it's headless. It also looks pretty normal as far as, you know, bases go. Um, that being said, it, um, when you're talking about court earlier, uh, court made my Steinberger copy that I talked about, I think, um, oh, really either before a pot or on a pot uh, recently, but it was, yes, yeah, so it was a court, like one of the little, like, you know, ore shaped bases where it was, um, yeah, but it was a, it was a court base that I had. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these, these NS design bases are absolutely fantastic um, for for the money. This is, I love that I've had two choices that I absolutely didn't expect. Um, <laughs> Good. I, I don't know be. if I, I for eight for eight nine nine. I'm looking at the the WAV version now, and like there's a satin black one yeah. in stock for eight nine nine at Base Direct. You know that's. That's very good. That's a very good price. Yeah. I could I could definitely buy that. That's that's yeah, I mean, and that's I would say a lot of what you're getting, uh, the differences is just sort of it potentially a bit of slight difference in build quality, but it, it's really like more about finishes and stuff. So the the NXTA you get the the active electronics there, but you then you also right. get a basically a burst finish versus sort of you know, sort I of see. a flat blue white red black kind of thing yeah but the black the the black waves look great and i've the amount of times that i've just hovered over one of those as well like mostly is like you know just sort of a a sort of my my flight base you know when that was still a thing and then you know (laughs) ones like that it's like oh i could just take this with me or or just have something different you know like it just felt like mm. Like they're they're so good, yeah, yeah. They look uh, they look absolutely fantastic. They're okay. beautiful pieces of design. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. Okay, all right. Well, you know, we're running well over when the, when this podcast should have finished, but it, that's because you know I I natted at the nah, start, it's good, so it's, good. it's fine. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine now. Um, we we we've all gone for weird ones when we asked for our favorite base. 
And I guess that's with all kind of, you know, all the breaks off, what would you buy? And I realised, and I realised this on a podcast that we did recently, what my choice was, and it hasn't changed since then. I'm like, damn, of all the things I own, of all the, the huge range of bases that I own, the thing that I want more than anything it's a flipping Spectre Euro 4. Yes. I, oh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it from the other week. I'm like, yeah. Do, do you know what? I watched a, um, I watched the Guy Pratt. Uh, if, mm. You know Guy Pratt, the Pink Floyd bass player? He's been mm-hmm. doing these things called Lockdown Licks, where because he played bass on like Earth Song and uh, a load of Madonna stuff as well and things like that. And each, each week he picks a famous song that he played bass for. And he's he talks about, you know, how he, you know, drunkenly worked his way through writing a bass line for that song sort of thing and then and then shows you roughly how to play it sort of thing. And he um and and he, he was using a, a Spectre sort of Euro for for one of for the Earth Song video actually. And I was like, oh, God damn it, that bass sounds absolutely incredible. And I remember having a Doug Wimbish in GAC and yeah playing it a lot and i remember meeting doug wimbish and him letting me play his one his one which was the one he's always played and me being like yeah this sounds and feels incredible and so i think yeah for me a a specter euro four i'd want to get something with with either emgs or bartolini's they they do a lot of um uh uh uh, Aguilar, yes, okay. Uh, they do a lot of Aguilar um, these days as their pickup format. But I'd rather get e- either EMGs or or Bartolini's for it. The the PJ format of the bass. It's hard to find one that's in a tasteful finish. To be honest, um, that is the problem with the Euro fours, and they're around the two grand price mark, so they are expensive. But you can buy them in a lot, in a lot of shops. Um, in in various in various finishes, I mean, I think they are absolutely fantastic as a sort of incredibly vibrant, springy, uh, you know, sort of alive instrument. There's there's nothing like them. They're just so that that they sound absolutely fantastic. Um, trying to find one to buy is harder than you'd think. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're surprisingly few of them actually knocking around in shops, but uh, but they are they are there, so I'm standing by it as a a, le- a legitimate choice. And it is you know nice. the Euro Four is there uh, where are they made they're made in the Czech Republic the Euro Fours I think, um, and I can't think of you know too many other or any other base brands who are making guitars out of the Czech Republic. It's a besides NS cool design. Tech. Sorry. It's besides NS design bases. Oh, are they? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, like the NXTA. Is that what you said? Is check. Oh, yeah. And so weirdly, I was thinking of. Um, I I hadn't even lined up a model, but a brand that I played years ago. I don't know. Are either of you either of you guys familiar with AV bases? Alice Vishadil. I'm I'm not at all. Yeah, maker of incredible bases, and I was literally thinking of him this moment. And um, he is a maker in uh making everything in the Czech Republic as well. Oh, how about that? So there what? you go. Why we've we've Czech gathered Republic? several we've gathered several brands of of the Czech Republic. Why is the Czech Republic all of a sudden a a sort of major I mean bass guitar? They've been making like world class basses for about I don't know 600 years. 
Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> right. they, they obviously have. <laughs> yeah, they know what they're at over there. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, so, so there's, there's uh, my choice. Uh, awesome. Listener. You're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to help us out, kind of pick the best one. So you've got a uh, a Spectre Euro four from me, um, an NS um, an NS design. Uh, Just pick radius, any level. You radius, want. yeah, <laughs> radius at, at any level, and a uh, a Reverend Mike Watt Plower. Again, um, at any level, mark yeah, one or at two. Any level. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Let us know what what is. I can't believe that's our choices, guys. It, yeah. it almost it's, seems it's terrible. Gone, it's gone way left of I mean, where yeah. I. The, the thing I, I would say is like any of those three, I would happily own. Like yeah. I, I oh, like for real. It, yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. Any any day because the Watt Plower has been on my list of like maybe's, and also I mean the. Clearly, the one I picked was has been on my list, but also the the Spectre. I almost I almost did for five string, and oh, then yeah. I knew that I was going to I was doing the NS design, and I was like, it feels like I'm going a little too hard on Steinberger if I also pick this <laughs> the Spectre. <laughs> so I was, just like, I was like, nope. That's why that's why I went with the Lackey Lakey. Um, <laughs> That's it. That was a good choice. Yeah. That was a good choice. Do you know? Do you, I? I don't know. It, this is probably something I, sh- we, I should have spoken of of before. But do you guys know about the thing I did with Warwick, where they uh, very, I, I very briefly got on board with with Warwick, and they gave me a buzzard. <laughs> Are you guys aware of this? I, I, I no. no I, I talked to you about this. Yeah. No, I, I probably maybe I did. Yeah. Go, I, go on anyway. Uh, yeah, I I sort of very very briefly was like, you know what the best base is, is in the entire world, a buzzard, and I had good connections with Warwick at the time, and I was like, I want to play a buzzard, and they were like, that's fantastic because no one's buying them. Yeah, you can definitely have one of these and be. Oh my uh, god, look at this be, be a buzzard artist. Mm. Yeah. Oh oh oh. If you search, I think if you search listener, if you search my name, it's probably the first thing that comes up in an image search is probably me with a buzzard um on the tc electronic site yeah there there we go because i have some signature tone prints with tc electronic at the time that uh that warwick were had provided me with a shell pink uh buzzard um but it just it doesn't was, end yeah it's <laughs> with uh, you it's, <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a, a weird time. Uh, oh yeah, for look me. at that! Holy if you wow. found it, yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah. That was my. I love. I mean, you it. look very, you look very happy with it. I was yeah. happy with that buzzard. <laughs> Scroll down to the video and just look at how either drunk or post drunk oh, you so, are in that. Oh, I think it was a bit of both. I think the video that TC Electronics shot of me was like on day three of an event that for me was just a drinking binge because uh, Guitar Nerds had sent me out there on my own. It was only me. Oh, and they'd sent God. me out there with a company card. So, um, so yeah, so it was, uh, I think, and, and I was, I'm pretty sure I was the last person on the last day to have their video filmed because they were doing it with all the artists that were there. It was a real struggle for me. But, yeah, the video is not my not my best performance in in any way state or form but that was the uh that was the the pink buzzard that warwick gave me for a brief time i i gave it back a couple of months later when i realized that i uh, absolutely couldn't play that but, 
<laughs> I thought it was cool. For it's, a really brief period, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. It's a body shape one cannot unsee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't really know what's going on on the bottom horn there. I no, assume it's to I'm not sure put either. your hand on. It's, I, I don't put your really hand know. on downwards. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, we're, oh yeah. We're gonna get some. Sorry, I'm having some very raw reactions here. I, 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 <laughs> I'm keen totally to fun. remain. You know, uh, feel your feels, but there's yeah. there's definitely <laughs> gonna be like uh, some whistle. Head is screaming and. Um, yeah, it's fine. His, the Warwick it'll have be discontinued that bass since, so it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. I well, mean, anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. Oh no no no! I'm just. It's gonna, just gonna talk about like the. Olympic version and all the status versions and stuff. The status and, version, yeah, well, that was the first version, wasn't mm-hmm. it? The status one, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, every now and again, I search for a, a Warwick Buzzard or a Buzzard of any brand, and I think about buying one, and then you know, I don't, but I think about it every now and again. Yeah, and <laughs> I would say the ones that I think about the most are the Watt Plower Mark II, the NS Design uh, Wave Radius. Or the NXT 4A radius, or uh, the Spectre Euro 4 um, would, be, would be the ones that I I think about the most. Yeah, yeah, definitely more than a buzzard. We shouldn't end this yeah. talking about a buzzard when we've talked about such great about, instruments. Yeah. What, what are the the best bases? Oh, I guess it's current model. Is it a current model? It's automatically out of running if it's discontinued. What is great? The buzzard. The buzzard. So, yeah, yeah so the buzzard you, is you out running, so it, it can't be counted. So yeah. failing yeah. you being able to pick the buzzard, it was the yeah. Spectre Euro 4. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but there you go, dear listener. Let us know what you think um, on, on you know on the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. Uh, tell us what your favorite bases are and if this has helped you in any way, shape or form. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can join us on all the socials on uh, we're using at Guitar Nerds. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks um, with more of this bass guitar nerdery. Farewell. Goodbye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. 
Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. So you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.